Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ready? Play. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. If you're tuning in from, uh, well, it depends on when you're tuning in, but it depends on when we go live and depends on where in the world you are. But listen, I'm here with Jelek uh, this morning, as it is in Europe, uh, and we are here to discuss the Ostrava final between Iga Sviontek and Barbora Krajcikova. But Jelek is from Poland, and Jelek, before we get into the match... I'd like to tell I'd like you to tell our audience what you've been up to the last well few days in particular. Uh, not only a few days but few weeks actually okay. uh, as the right holder of the WTA uh, tour in in, in Poland uh, we got the chance to cover all the all Iga Świątek matches except Grand Slams. Okay. Uh, and we decided to prepare just a short uh, documentary series about this exceptional 2022 year for Canal Plus. And now we are working on it. Uh, and the last few days we spent with uh, Iga Świątek and her team uh, just before their departure to Dubai, uh, just to know all the background of all the important moments, all the funny moments of that year, uh, and all the stuff which we can't see looking only on the court during the matches. So it was extremely interesting not only for us but i i'm pretty sure that uh, it will be a great thing for all the fans uh, of tennis all around the world because we got an insight to Iga Świątek uh, team and we just got a chance to discuss all the important moments all the matches of of that year and we're going to prepare it uh, in a short i think it will be uh, for uh, four episodes uh, documentary series, Iga's Year. Okay, nice. Iga's Year in 2022. Um, tell me, what was it like during this time of, of getting to know her throughout the year, but as you say, more so in the last few weeks? What was it? I mean, were there any secrets uh, in terms of, especially when it comes to psychology? I think a lot of people in tennis have been talking about Iga's psychology in the last couple of years. <laughs> Just... Uh, just yesterday, I spent like three hours talking to Daria Abramovic, uh, okay, yeah. her psychologist, and I think one of the oh, all the all the all the people in her in her team are very important, and Daria is for sure a very important person. Uh, you know, I think that uh, throughout the last couple of years, uh, many sportsmen all around the world in in different fields from different uh, different sport started to understand. Uh, how mental strength is important, not only in individual sports, but also when we are talking about uh, team sports. And Daria uh, realizes uh, how important it is to give support uh, to Iga, because Iga is a very young girl. She's only 22, but when you look at her, when you talk to her, when you listen to her, 
you just realize that it's like talking to the very experienced person like 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 she is 10 year older or 15 year older i don't know it's it's of course my opinion but i think it's also because of the self-consciousness what's going on around her what's going on in her head um, so from this point of view i think it is very very important for uh, Iga to have the support of, of of Daria to have the support of the person who know who knows uh, what what points are the most uh, important uh, where to focus on what to focus on and so on and so on and so on so i think Daria is is really very important person of of the of, of Iga's team when is this show going to be on polish tv Oh, we're going to start uh, on uh, uh, on Christmas. So the, okay. the, the the first episode should be ready for for Christmas. That's why I'm so busy at the moment. <laughs> yes, we are, I know. We are prepared with a lot of with a lot of uh, different moments uh, from 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 the season before uh, we got the chance to to talk for a long time with Iga and Iga's team. So now we are putting everything uh, together and uh, preparing her for for publishing and for giving it to our viewers yeah nice um was there any any particular thing that really stood out that was a big moment in the in the time that you were filming it was like wow uh i can see why Iga uh was a champion this year i think you because generally when you look at it you see how how important all the team is Iga is also the person who after each important win says a lot about the team, about Maciej Ryszczuk, who is responsible for um, for physical stuff, about Daria, responsible for mental. Uh, when you look at uh, Tomasz Wiktorowski, you, 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 you see the guy who is very experienced uh, at the tour and who made an immediate impact uh, on Iga, starting from the first tournament in Adelaide, when, when, when she finished in semi-final, later Australian Open, also semi-final. So it started to click very, very fast. You know, the series will not be about um, Iga personally, because that's important. They they also don't want to let us, uh, I, I, I don't know how to say it, so, so, so deep in their uh-huh. team. However, mm-hmm. this year, and I'm really grateful to, to Tomasz, to Maciej, to Iga, to Daria, to Iga's father, that they decided to talked to us and showed us so many important aspects and uh, and moments in this year what is what is most important i don't know i think that self consciousness who is responsible for what and uh, that, uh, iga used to say about her that she's very stubborn however when she talks to tomas to daria to maciej it's uh, possible for them to persuade her to do some things even against her and she oh, said okay. afterwards, after this year, now she knows that they were right. And she also made the right decision that although she felt that it might have been a wrong decision, she decided to trust them. So they are really working. It's individual sport, but Iga's team is working as a team. Gotcha, gotcha. Listen, tell me about the day of the final. We're going to get into the match now between her and Barbora. Uh, I mean, Iga had an amazing year. This was not her best day in terms of result, of course. But listen, um, 
one of the exciting things about Iga and, and the way she plays is that she's involved in some really good matches. And this was the match for me, despite the fact that she lost it, was the match, the most exciting match for me that uh, of Iga's year, albeit that, that she was on the losing end. Tell me about what were you doing? Because you were there, you were working on that day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was next to the next to the court, uh, just next to the box of, to the Iga's box. Iga's box mm-hmm. was was not full in Ostrava. Uh, okay. There was only, uh, there were only uh, Tomasz Świątek, so Iga's father, and Daria. Uh, they contacted uh, and texted with Tomasz Wiktorowski and Maciej Ryszczuk, especially all the time, but during the matches with Tomasz Wiktorowski. So I was sitting uh, just in the front row, uh, just next to the place where uh, where tennis players are coming uh, to the court. And like two meters from Daria Abramovic and three meters from Tomasz Świątek. So I saw um, all the interactions between them. I saw how Daria is uh, supporting because Tomasz is, you know, like like a dad who is who is very calm. But Daria, she I, she she told me yesterday that during one of the matches, uh, her pulse was like uh, 170 because of, <laughs> she just checked it on the on, on the watch. So. It is like this. She she plays with Iga. Uh, she tries to catch uh, eye contact with uh, with Iga. And uh, she said to me, I can I, I, I can tell you now. But she said, you know, Strava, it was extremely difficult, Daria said, because uh, I tried to look at the phone, what Tomasz is sending, what Tomasz uh, noticed on the field. Yeah. But in the same time, I didn't want to omit even one, uh, even one, Look of Iga at me, just not to not to let her know that I'm not a, I'm not on the court. I'm not with her, so it was difficult. And sometimes only one word, one sentence from from Tomasz can help a lot to Iga. So <laughs> she she was forced to look at the phone and look at Iga. And just it, it is funny. It is funny thing with that with that final. I I didn't realize it to tell you the truth until uh, until two days ago. But during this final, Tomasz Wiktorowski and Maciej Ryszczuk were on board of airplane flying to San Diego. I was pretty sure that they flew together next day after the final from Poland. Mm-hmm. But it turned out that uh, Tomasz Wiktorowski and Maciej Ryszczuk had flown one day earlier. And they tried to watch this final or just follow the score on board of the airplane however it was difficult very difficult <laughs> so it's another another aspect of this uh, amazing tennis match so thomas viktorovsky before we as i say get really into the details of the match tell me about him he's the coach of ego right yeah and he's and he's obviously been with her for how long and how important is she for is he for ego uh, they started immediately after the last season and it was funny because Tomasz Wiktorowski used to be Agnieszka Radwańska coach for he had been uh, coached Agnieszka Radwańska for for many years. Um, Agnieszka Radwańska finished her career and Tomasz started to be um, a tennis expert and uh, and tennis commentator for us for Canal Plus. Um, so he watched all Iga's matches. And suddenly suddenly uh, when Iga's father, 
because they cooperated when organizing um, the tournament, uh, the WTA in Gdynia on the seaside in Poland. Um, when he uh, got an offer to be a new coach of Iga Świątek, he suddenly realized that he knows everything about her play because for Canal Plus <laughs> we use yeah we use a special a special program called Piero for analyzing uh, all the all the matches all the important details of the match. Tomasz mm -hmm. is really great analyst. I just love to hear him to 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 see how he's working uh, on the screen commentating the matches. And I he realized that he knows everything about Iga Styles. However, it is it is funny. They did uh, they did not know each other very good. It was just like hello a couple of times. They didn't uh, they hadn't been given a chance to talk to each other before. It was like that. But uh, Tomasz Wiktorowski received a message from Iga's team um, that uh, Iga's decided to change the coach. That the deal with Piotr Sierzputowski is finished. Okay. And they are they are looking for the new coach and they wanted to talk with Tomasz Wiktorowski and he decided to to try. And so he was very good prepared uh, when we are talking about the tennis side of uh, of Iga. He knows what to what to change and what direction he should go and Iga accepted it. Now there was another player involved in the match in Ostrava, Barbora Krajcikova. Um what I would like to know first, though, is is there a sporting rivalry, either in tennis or in sport in general, between Poland and the Czech Republic, or are you basically friends? I think we are rather friends. The, the rivalry is between Poland and Germany, between Poland and uh, and the country. I don't I don't know. I don't want to mention the, the name because of of everything what's going on in, in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So it's the rivalry yeah because of the of the yeah. history of, of of Poland but between Poland and Czech it's difficult some people say that we don't we don't like each other very much but but when you when you see Polish fans and Czech fans sitting uh, sitting together and drinking a beer you can see that they like each other even when you when you look at the ski jumping contest maybe you are not the fan I'm not as well however it's very it's very popular in Poland and also in Czech Republic, you can see that the fans are enjoying themselves. And also it was the situation in Ostrava. Iga felt like at home because Ostrava is, uh, maybe some fans don't know, but it's only 20 kilometers from Poland. So it's, exactly. so it's like That's home cool. tournament. Mm, and I think that uh, on the on the stands, there were like 60% or even 70% of Polish fans and 30% of uh, Czech fans. So it was like a like a derby match. Uh, oh between, wow! Uh, yeah, between Świątek and Krejčíkov, it was amazing on the on the stands because it was an atmosphere was like during the Davis Cup final. <laughs> it was amazing, really. The support also Iga underlined this uh, underlined it many many times that for the first time she played like this. That atmosphere was like during the football match or during the Davis Cup Davis Cup uh, final. I remember one final. Uh, Long time ago, France versus USA in Lyon with Yannick Noah as the, as, as, as the coach, Henri Lacombe, Guy Forget, Andre Agassi, Jim Courier. So when I look 
back, so from my childhood, it was one of the memories I remember watching it on on TV. This the, the, this Davis Cup final, and for me, this atmosphere during this final, especially that the match was so tight, was amazing all the time. Barbora, Barbora from the Czech side, and Iga from the Polish side. Of course, some fan even some fans even exaggerated because they they tried to they tried to I don't know distract either Barbara or Iga. There were a couple of moments when Iga showed the the fans that they are behaving wrong, uh, just clapping hands uh, and cheering her after Barbara Krejci of a double fault. But okay. it was only a couple of moments throughout all the all the final. It was really amazing. Uh, two great sportsmen supporting uh, by their own fans, but in a very, very, very good way. So also Iga says that in, in, in these terms, it was so special. And that's why also because that's why uh, she cried on the court because she realized uh, that it, it, is, it is the place, the moment, she always wanted to be to play matches like this for the fans like for the fans behaving like this to feel an atmosphere to be in, to, to to be number 1 and to enjoy playing tennis in such a great atmosphere yeah i didn't realize it was just that close to the polish border no, i knew it wouldn't have been so far, yeah, but... so 15 minutes because it's it's the it's the motorway so <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, so the match gets underway. I remember the first point was fifteen, a 15-shot 15 rally. Um, I think there were a couple of breaks of serve, but ultimately the most important one was at the end of the first set. So Iga now, with a forehand winner, I think she breaks serve, and then she wins the first set, 7-5. What are your memories of the first set, and did you think Iga's going to win this now? Yeah, I remember it was uh, it was very good uh, forehand down the line, down the yeah. line winner. Yeah, uh, to, to to finish that set, uh, that set a very good return of, of of Iga. Exactly. However, I remember that the game before she she needed to save three break points she to did. go six five to go six five in front. How, despite she started very well and it was five one to to Iga. I also had to come back to semi-final with uh, Alexandrova because Good. we 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 hadn't expected such a contest from Alexandrova and it was a really good game um, from the side of Alexandrova Iga really needed uh, to play her best to finish it 6-4 in the third set um, in the second set it was 0-5 looking from the point of Iga so 5-0 with two breaks up for Alexandrova so it was like a ding dong and short alarm break for Iga. What happened? However, there were also some very important uh, things in that match with Alexandrova because she didn't let uh, to break herself uh, in the first set. And even I, I'm not sure, but I think that she didn't even let Alexandrova to have even one break point okay. with Alexandrova. So her serving throughout all, all the tournament in Ostrava was extremely good, really. Mm -hmm. And looking at Ostrava, we had also to come back what happened after US Open. US Open, which was one of the most difficult, no, it was the most difficult tournament for Iga because she had to to different balls, to different conditions. 
to different mm-hmm. style of play. They they changed nearly everything before this tournament. Uh, they were talking a lot in the recent day with me um, uh, and Bartek Ignacy because we are preparing this uh, this story together uh, about this U.S. Open. And after they took three and a half week break with no tournaments. Barbara Krejcikova came to Ostrava straight from Tallinn, where she won, playing extremely good, I remember, because I commentated uh, one or two matches of Krejcikova. I watched all of them. So she played extremely good. And even, I can tell you, it is the truth. When we looked at the draw in Ostrava uh, with my friends, I looked, oh, the most important thing is that possibly meeting with Krejcikova is in the final. Because when you looked at Barbara Krejcikova in Tallinn, you saw the best Barbara Krejcikova uh, from the recent year, which was not, which were not interrupted by the injuries. So Krejcikova, for me, was really the person we should be afraid of from the position of of Iga Świątek, uh, supporters from the television from our country. Yeah? And Iga came after a long break. We didn't know how she adopts, uh, how she was going to adopt to the to the to the to the indoor hall in Ostrava. Mm-hmm. And also Iga came to Ostrava with a flu. When okay. you look at the final and all the matches preceding the final, she was snorking all the time, all the time, even during the the final. So day by day, the first question to my my first question to Daria to 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 to, to, to Thomas Schontek was, how you guys feeling? How is the situation okay. with the flu? Uh-huh. Is it serious or not very serious? Yeah. So if she plays, it's okay. Yeah. But all the time she was snoring, so it it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. So it was another important factor when we are talking about Ostrava and this and this uh, wonderful match. But now really we can go to <laughs> we can go to that match with Krejcikov and really after first set. Coming back to your question, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure that if she managed to stand up after losing uh, after losing four straight uh, four straight games from 5-1 to 5-5 and she managed to save herself for 6-5 to break by Barbara Krejcikova i thought yeah it's going to be the moment now the second set should be should be much easier mm, but it turned out to be completely completely different story yeah, I mean, as you said, though, I mean, Barbora had to save a few set points herself, um, but ultimately it was a forehand down the line. I mean, the the second, by the way, that first set was 80 minutes. I didn't realize yeah. quite how long it was. And so almost an hour and a half. It was. It's almost Djokovic Nadal-esque in terms of the length of time, especially on a hardcore indoors. I think that is particularly significant. But as you said, um, Iga managed to win it. After losing the first set, as I said, that lasted 80 minutes, Krejcikova was sort of always in front in the second set after breaking Sviontek, I think, um, in the first game, right? She won won the first game because she broke, but then then Iga got it back on serve. Yeah, Iga got it back at the the end of the the set. And it was also the second moment that I I had a feeling that, yeah, it's it's Iga moment. Yeah, now she needs to... And she will be close to, to finishing it. You were talking about the length of the match, but yeah. this hard court in Ostrava was quite different from the others. It was okay. slow and the ball was bouncing really, really high. Okay. Um, so it was rather like a, like a clay court. 
than uh, hardcore. However, one of the girls said that it is similar to, to Wimbledon. I, I didn't understand it. I, I'm not sure it was a completely different story, but one of the one of the players said it. However, it was slow and the ball was bouncing high. So that's why uh, the rallies were so were so long and the match uh, was was so long. So Iga was 6-5 in front in the in the second set. Yeah. It was 30 all. And I remember the ball, which was uh, easy ball, easy forehand, I think, by Iga Świątek uh, put, I don't know, in Poland we say razor white. White. Okay. Uh, to, to, so it went far wide? Very, very close. Yeah. Oh, okay, like very, a razor. Close, yeah, yeah. Close, yeah. Like a razor, yeah. Like a razor blade. Yeah. White. Uh, and she put it wrong. It was six all. And later the, the tiebreak started, I, I think, zero four, one five, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But when it was 1-5, Iga played extremely well. I came back to this. I don't remember it as well, but I remember that it was one very important ball in the tiebreak. So it was 1-5. Um, Iga played very good during one rally. However, trying to put the winner when Barbora Krejcikova was was way outside the court, the, the ball touched the net. Barbara Krejcikova managed to catch it, and later Iga did not manage to pass her, and it was Krejcikova's volley which uh, which concluded the rally, and it was 6-1. It's extremely difficult to come back from 6-1. However, Iga tried to do it, but uh, great saved Krejcikova because she was serving extremely well all over, all over this tournament in Ostrava, also in the semi-final. Uh, which was also difficult for 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 Barbara Krejcikova when she played versus Rybakina. Mm-hmm. So I think that Barbara Krejcikova's serve during this tournament was extremely extremely good, and that first serve, uh, I think, that uh, saved Barbara Krejcikova in the tiebreak when Iga was trying to come back from one six to four six, and later. Um, it was the last moment that Krejcikova should wrap up this set with. Uh, with four seats with the great service outside. I mean, listen, let's talk about Krajcika for, for a second. As you say, beating Rebecca in the semifinals suggests that she's obviously had a, a difficult run, albeit that she was in excellent form. I think she just won two titles um, before coming into this this tournament, right? Krajcika. Yeah. She's only won Tallinn anyway. And um, and also, Krajcikova has had an unlucky year in terms of injuries. I remember looking at her in the French Open in Roland Garros, feeling very sad for her. But also on this particular day, as we, we sort of touched upon it, but I want to emphasize again, I know she lost the first set, but being 5-1 down to um, Sviontek and getting it back to 5-5 is a pretty good effort. It's just a pity for her that obviously Sviontek decided to seal the deal with that forehand return winner. Amazing. Barbara Krejcikova was really amazing throughout the Tallinn tournament and throughout this tournament. And I think the fans gave her a lot of energy. And I remember the picture from the from the press office after the press conference. Uh, Barbara Krejcikova received a phone call. Nearly all the journalists left. And Barbara Krejcikova just, uh, just decided to you know, lay down like sleeping and talking to the phone in the press office, in the media office. Okay. I, I I took I took the picture. I also made a made a short film with my the, with my phone just, just 
also to put it to, to, to our story, but it was amazing to see such a great uh, sportsman, to, to, to see uh, such a player after winning, playing in a really playing in style, such a tournament, after beating number one, after beating the the dominator in this 2022 year and just, you know, all the emotions, everything is out of uh, Barbara Krejcikova's head and she is just lying. And I was really afraid that she's going to sleep there <laughs> because there was a big coach there uh, prepared by the sponsors. <laughs> and on this coach, the the players gave the interviews and gave the, the, the press conferences. But Barbara Krejcikova decided to use all the width of this coach, not only sitting, but lying and lying just like 20 minutes talking to the phone with somebody. Uh, so it was amazing. And I think I've got the, I think I've got the picture. It was. I think I found the picture on your uh, on your page, on your on your Twitter page. I've yeah, got it. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. share it on the screen right now. But listen, three hours and 16 minutes. Let's let's get this up here, by the way. There we go. Is that the picture? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after 3,016 minutes and, and obviously winning the title in the end, uh, much deserved. The third set, by the way, um, was a bit more sort of, what's the word? K we say cagey in English, in that there wasn't any sort of drama in terms of breaks of serve, like there had been certainly in the first set, but even even the second to some extent uh, in terms of drama. Um, the third set, I think, got to four all before the crucial moment in the whole match, really, when... When uh, three, four. It was three four, yeah, three four, and four, Iga three, seven, four. Yeah. exactly. Iga seven, so three four. So she breaks now, but that's not the end of the drama because the last game of the match, I think it was five championship points that Iga saved. Yeah, yeah, she saved five championship points. Uh, had one break point actually. Uh, okay, I think that also saved with the with the great uh, with the great serve of Barbara. Yeah, the service really. Uh, was coming for for help in the most important moments for Barbara Krejcikova, but also important was that Barbara broke Igas to null. She just yes. broke her to null on three five, but it's never over until it is over. Like Winnie the Pooh used to say, <laughs> used to say, it's never over, yeah. over until it is over. Yeah, and Igas showed another time a great spirit in the, in this last game, but but Krejcikova was outstanding throughout all the. All the tournament, and if you if you look at it, of course, as a Polish, I supported Iga, but I was also happy that it was Barbara Krejcikova who managed to to beat her because after such a difficult year, she is also such a such a nice person, such a great personality, and after such a difficult year for her, uh, interrupted uh, by the injuries, by she manages to win the tournament at her own soil. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. And also Iga, because usually after losing, Iga takes with Daria Abramovic, so we are coming back to, to, to what you started from, they are taking a couple of minutes for them just to analyze what happened, just to prepare for the press conference, just to prepare, uh, you know, just to mentally put everything together before she starts uh, talking to the to the press. And also immediately after the final, I asked Daria Abramovic uh, if if she thinks Iga um, comes directly to us just to give us live interview to our studio because before the final it was one hour studio and also analyzing after the final in Canal Plus and Canal Plus Sport um, and Daria said I look at Iga and I think she will be okay with that yeah it's the moment you should 
you, sh- you should speak. Ask Iga, but I think it will be okay. And Iga also looked at Daria and, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to speak now because I want to say how, how touched I am by everything what happened. Uh, I want to share with you that moment uh, that my, 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 my tears are because of the, because I realized how important all this final and tennis is in my life. Everything what's going on around or around me. How what kind of year it was for me? And it was a good match. Yeah, I lost, but I, I'm happy. Iga Iga says I'm lost, but I'm but I'm happy with my level yeah. of performance. I'm happy with everything. So it's a great moment. I the great feeling inside of me. So okay, smile, cheer. I lost, but it was a great tournament and great match. Yeah, it was a great match, and and I think it's interesting that Iga took the the defeat so well in a way i think sometimes defeat can be really difficult to handle um immediately afterwards and obviously she'd had her break uh, but she still had a lot of things to look forward to this is before the wta finals of course but listen back to barbora um her comments after the match and i think it is important to remember that she has had this difficult year she obviously enjoyed winning in her home country she said it was amazing to show the fans uh, a huge victory, just she described it. And in fact, she said it was one of the biggest matches that she'd ever played in terms of energy, in terms of the atmosphere. And she thought the level from both players was unbelievable. And, and I have to say, I think possibly, possibly on the WTA side, maybe this was the highest level of the year. I mean, I'm sure there might be some other matches. There was there were plenty of dramatic matches this year. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I remember Muguruza uh, at the US Open, a, a really dramatic match. I remember Sabalenka also at the US Open involved in a couple there, dramatic matches. But the level in this match was super high. There were eight breaks of serve in all, by the way, uh, which is also quite remarkable given how well both players were serving, particularly um, Barbora in the final, as you, as you highlighted. What I would like to know now, though, from you is, are we seeing maybe a rivalry? Because right now it looks like on the women's side, it looks like Sviontek and the rest. That's how 2022 has been. But is Krajcikova, is she the most likely, the biggest threat to Eager in 2023? I hope. I hope, really. I hope that because... Same, same as I told you before. Great personality, great person. Really, the the girl you you like from the very you started to you start to like from the very beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout uh, she deserves to to compete on a on the highest level. But I'm not sure to tell you the truth if there is any other tennis player who can sustain such a level throughout all the year. Of course, Iga played really good in this match, but when I asked Tomasz, when I asked Maciej Ryszczuk about this match with Krejcikova, it was two days ago, so I remember it very well. Now I'm okay. also working with all the scripts and everything, so I, I remember many words. And mm-hmm. both spoke same. Maciej Ryszczuk, well, it wasn't the best match of Iga. It was good, okay. yeah, it was decent, but it wasn't the best match of Iga. And also Tomasz Wiktorowski said, yeah, yeah. Just looking at, at, at all the background, yeah, especially with the flu, it was very high level. But Iga can play better. And when we look in this year, of course, we can see uh, and all the matches Iga lost. We we look back at Barty, so Iga 
in this documentary series will show it that she's very sad that Barty uh, decided to retire because she wanted to compete with yeah. her, not to not to become the number one just because Barty left, but she wanted to compete with her. Yeah, she is a competitor, competitive person. Uh, and with Daniel Collins, Collins played extremely well, but how many matches Collins can play on such a level mm. versus very good opponents? And Iga can play. I, I have a feeling that Iga can play on the level like with Krejcikova. Usually, she can play like she can when, when when she needs to. She can climb this level. Of course, sometimes opponent is better, like here. But how many times opponent can play like this, and how many opponents can go on this level for such a long time, like over three hours? Yeah, Krejcikova maintained it, succeeded, and it was great. But when she needs to do it two times a week, three times a week, versus, uh, I don't know, Muguruza also, even 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 Contavate versus Pegula, it will be more difficult. However, I am pretty sure that uh, the way to, to top 10 is, is, is wide open for Barbara Krejcikova um, if she manages to, if she manages uh, to avoid injuries. I'm looking forward to 2023 and, and maybe Barbora. I mean, of course, Barbora has one major already at the French Open. We know how good Iga is on the clay and especially in Paris. So that could be an interesting tournament. And uh, listen, is there anybody that, that Iga's team suggested that they think, listen, this is the one that could cause Iga most problems? Or this is maybe it's a younger player. Maybe it's Ons. Maybe it's maybe it's Barbora or, or, or whoever. Is there a player that they say, "Listen, this is this is the one which which we need to keep an eye on for 2023"? We haven't talked about it. To tell you the truth, we talked a lot of hours. But uh, when I look back now, we we just mentioned the op- the, the opponents only. We talked about Barty, yeah. Uh, okay. Before uh, all, and all the moment, and that moment in Miami when Iga became number one, but about uh-huh. other opponents, I think they also, as a team, they are focusing on Iga. They know that if Iga is playing on her level, of course she can lose sometimes because opponent can reach really high level. We are talking about the the best tennis player and tennis players in the world, yeah. But they are focused on on Iga. They are pretty sure that if Iga is playing her tennis, everything is gonna be everything's gonna be okay. And what about grass? What about Wimbledon <laughs> this year? What were the what were the thoughts? <laughs> I got advice I said recently something interesting that Iga is going to like grass in the future for sure. She matches on grass. Uh, her exceptional series was finished by Alize Cornet. Uh, uh, in Wimbledon. However, she was not fully prepared, I, I, I reckon, uh, for the Wimbledon because after this long streak of, of wins, she needed to take some break. Uh, her body needed that, everything. So, of, of course, when she goes to the tournament, they always want to win, always. It's not like that, okay, this tournament we treat like a preparation for another. Yeah, no, it's not the way. Iga, the way Iga's team is working. When we go, we want to win. However, I think they were a little bit prepared that uh, they can lose on grass, especially that Iga doesn't like it. Doesn't like it because in Poland we now we have only a couple of grass courts. 
she hadn't played Eastbourne before on, on, on the others in this season. She's gonna she, she's gonna start to like it. It's another challenge in front of the 2023. And I feel like they, you know, they feel like it could have been better in Wimbledon. However, we lost. We have we, we know what to uh, what should we do to make Iga play better on grass. And they are going to do it. So, so this year, I think we'll see different Liga on grass. However, there they played. It was also uh, one important thing Tomasz Wiktorowski said that out of these matches, Iga lost three were, uh, Tomasz Wiktorowski said, winnable. So Iga could have won it. With Krejcikova, he didn't mention the, the, the final in Ostrava with Krejcikova. But he mentioned uh, Sabalenka, the last match of the season, the, the semi-final of the WTA Tour in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. And he also mentioned uh, that uh, Wimbledon match versus Alizia Cornet. A couple of uh, a couple of bad decisions, a couple of wrong choices. Uh, and the matches lost. And Tomasz Wiktorowski felt that these matches with Cornet and with Sabalenka, for sure, were winnable. So Iga could have won it. Interesting. So of the matches she lost years, the, the Sabalenka one, yeah, of course, that was pretty close. And of course, it was in in just recently. Um, was was that one maybe the one, the WTA finals, or do you think Wimbledon? Which which of the two, or, or was there another tournament this year where she was particularly disappointed? Obviously, she wins two of the four majors. I think in Australia, the year was still beginning. Ash Barty was the player to beat. So at, th at that stage, and then she goes on this incredible run pretty much until Wimbledon. Um, I think it was, was it 35 matches that she, she lost in total, but is it, is it the Sabalenka match and maybe Cornet, they're the two disappointments of the year? Maybe, maybe, but um, I think that also because of mental strength, of mental preparations, Iga is not focusing on what she, what she lost, but Iga is focusing on, uh, Iga is focusing on what she had won. So... How, how can you be happy after the year like this, after amazing, amazing year? Of course, you lost a couple of matches, but <laughs> only a couple of matches. <laughs> and yeah. of, of course, WTA finals, but with Sabalenka, nobody expected it. Yeah, after after the very good group phase, nobody expected that Sabalenka is going to stop, is going to stop Iga. However, it happened, and later, suddenly, it turned out that Iga uh, has the holidays. She really deserved for, <laughs> and I asked the oh no 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 trophy presentation uh, later no photo session next next day so it was even better to lose on semi final and the guy says mm, more or less but but I had the the photo session with the with the trophy for finishing number one <laughs> so it was nearly the same. <laughs> However, yeah, she was very right. happy with the with the holidays so I think it was easier and you know this this, this final of of French Open uh, it was also. The point where her streak was was amazing. Uh, so it was like a like a total peak, yeah, because everybody expected her to win at Roland Garros, and she managed to win. She managed to she managed to uh, you know to, uh, to 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 go through that pressure that she is yeah. the so strong favorite. And I think that after this French Open. You know the emotions, everything. 
could have gone a little a little down and it's difficult to say and nobody from nobody from from Iga's team would say it but if you can predict any lose and any match which is lost for for Iga for me it could have been one of one 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 on grass one in, in Wimbledon yeah right Listen, just one more thing on Barbora, um, because obviously she won this particular day and it has been a tricky year for her. Um, uh, what do you think about her in the future? I mean, is she going to be winning more majors? Is this, is, this, is this match and this tournament, is it going to be like a springboard for an amazing 2023 for Barbora? I hope so. I hope so, because uh, you can take motivation from two different sides. One side... After you, after you are losing the final match, so you've got the motivation to stand up, to build, and and you can also build up on what you had won. So just just to realize that you are able to compete on such a high, on such an amazing level, and I think that from both sides, after losing in fact the season because Barbara Krejcikov is capable of of having much more better results. And remember, and remembering that she beat Iga Świątek in such a crazy tight final, and she she beat Iga Świątek not because not because of uh, of Iga's poor performance, but because of the level she is able to play. I, I I'm re- I'm really sure that uh, it's the moment, and as you said, it's the springboard. Barbara Krejcikova can jump to the top ten, to the top five. The question is. How she's gonna to maintain the level, and maybe how you start. You started with that mental preparations. Maybe, maybe also Barbara needs, but it's of course it's very personal. Everybody should decide what 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 they need. But maybe also Barbara would need somebody responsible for helping her with putting all the things together, all the all the all the puzzles in your head together. We are talking about the game of details. The game where one millimeter is, is the difference between losing and, and winning the game and later the match. So everything is important how you how you treat it. Jelek, I just want to say a big thank you to you. Um, I hope you in, hope you enjoy your Christmas. We're looking forward, of course, especially for those of you in Poland. Make sure you keep an eye out for the uh, Eagers Year documentary that will be coming out soon. Um, I'm guessing it'll all be in Polish, but maybe on YouTube it'll be available with subtitles, etc. Yeah, probably, it's... probably. So I will, I will, <laughs> I will send you a link if if if, if, if it is uh, available. However, Christmas, I, I start Christmas with commentating the the final in, in Dubai. So, oh right, <laughs> the okay, Christmas, Christmas Eve. So, <laughs> so you're going to so, Dubai. That's how my next Christmas week? is gonna start. <laughs> Are you going to Dubai next week? No, 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 because uh, we usually send uh, reporters to the tournament. Okay. Same like I was sent to uh, to Ostrava just to make interviews uh, and, 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 and some stories. And we are commentating the matches here from, from Warsaw. So I will be commentating the uh, the last the, on the 23rd of December and 24th from Dubai. So, so that, that's how Christmas nice. going to start, but... When you receive such a gift like a final of the of the good tournament uh, for your for, for your Christmas, it's a perfect gift for the tennis fan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy anyway. And listen, I just want to say a big thank you, Jelek, for for stopping by today. 
It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Great. And uh, to the rest of you, um, make sure you hit that like button below. Uh, get in the comment section as well and let us know what you think about this match or any other match from the WTA side in particular. Uh, maybe we've missed a match that you think was even better. But for me, uh, Barbora Krajcikova and Igor Sviontek produced one of the matches of the year. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for... Sports Social Podcast Network.